Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ramble Reacts. Another piss-poor affair between Chelsea and Liverpool, and Leicester City are in big trouble. It's Wednesday, 5th of April. I'm Marcus Speller. And I'm Dushin hunter Ardler. Well, hello everybody. Good to have you with us. My goodness, Vish, what an evening of football we had yesterday. How far they've done fell, yeah? <laughs> Both of them. The the, the broadcaster um, picked Chelsea versus Liverpool for us to watch, which I, I kind of get. Rightly so. Yeah. Yeah. Although we did have a warning earlier on in the season about this game, didn't we? Yeah, I suppose we did, but, you know, that doesn't stop Jeremy Carl from getting on problem people onto a show, does it? And that's why we keep watching. Is, I, we want to see the extent of their problems. I, I, Kyle hasn't been... I thought he was cancelled. No, anyway, it doesn't matter. I think um, he has been. I think, yeah, I brought him back for, for one night <laughs> only. I brought Jeremy Carl back. <laughs> I didn't think it could get any worse. Come um, and save us, Jeremy. <laughs> It was a difficult watch at Stamford Bridge. Uh, and we asked for your thoughts on Twitter. Matt said, a waste of 90 minutes that saw us all inch closer to the abyss. <laughs> ben said, like watching someone else's dog be put down. Um, and Ian and John Lee- <laughs> Ian and Johnny simply said, shite. What is that situation where you would have to watch someone else's dog be put down? I I think we got close to it. Walking down the street, come and see, come and see, come and see my show at the festival. 
<laughs> Ideally, it's only about 10 minutes, if that. It's, it's got to be mirrors or something. It can't be, oh, no, 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 I heard the yelp. Um, I, I, do, I, it, I mean, look, both of these sides have been having terrible seasons. This we know, as I, as I, as I mentioned just a moment ago, that the first game between the two this season was the last game on match of the day when it happened. You know, that's how bad it was. Yet the broadcasters, they thought to themselves, no, we're going to persist with this. We're going to have it. And uh, and we got what we deserved, really, quite frankly. I, I mean, Chelsea had the better of it, um, but they couldn't finish. And Kai Havertz, who was um, one who was who, who was not in scintillating form, it's fair to say, fronted up after the match, saying it was difficult that the manager had left, and words to the effect that the players hadn't done well enough under him. Is that why Vish? Do you think he was putting his body on the line, left, right, and centre for Chelsea yesterday? Well, Kai Havertz. <laughs> Are you serious? Is that he what didn't you're going with? He, did, he didn't fancy it, did he? It's absolutely, um, you know, I, I think it, it sums up where Havertz seems to be, not just at Chelsea, but just, uh, I suppose, in, in his football at the moment. He seems really apologetic about everything. Mm. The way he goes about it, you'd never see him, you know, I, I know it's not quite his, his game, but muscle a defender or something. That, that chance he had where he basically hit it straight at, uh, Allison, just put a bit more force into it. You don't know where the ball's going to go, or or show a bit of craft and try and just lift it over him. He just there was no way he was going to score with the finish that he decided to put on that ball. Um, and no. you know he has flashes of doing. You know he's obviously a technically gifted footballer, but I think it's really interesting when you watch him alongside Jao Felix, who didn't have the best of games, but every time he got the mm. ball, he had a purpose, didn't he? And there were a few runs yeah. in there that you were like. We've we've only really scratched for those who don't watch Spanish football or international football as much as they watch the Premier League, who might have not necessarily bypassed Jao Felix, but may not have a total understanding of what he does. Mm-hmm. We've barely scratched the surface with what we've seen from him in Chelsea, and I think maybe I'm being a bit yeah. overly apologetic on his behalf. But you can tell there's there's someone willing to break out there and take the league by storm. He just can't do it in that Chelsea team. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I just, yeah, I thought it was an interesting contrast between him and Havertz, yeah. Yeah, I, I did, with, with Joao Felix, I look at him and I think, would somebody take care of him? Would somebody <laughs> yeah, yeah. use that man? Because the only time I've seen him in the flesh was, was when he got sent off against Fulham. And as I said at the time, he was the best player on the pitch until that moment. He mm. was at Atletico Madrid under Simeone. It was a bit of a strange move for Simeone to sign somebody like that. And I remember Brassel queering it at the time. Now, again, I didn't, I haven't watched a lot of Atletico Madrid, so if, I'm sure he's had flashes and whatnot, but he's not the type of player that you would immediately think would be uh, would flourish under Diego Simeone. And I'm sure that's part of the reason why he's out on loan to Chelsea currently. Because if, if it was all roses there, that wouldn't be the case. Then he goes to Chelsea and Potter hasn't got the players going quite clearly for for, for many, many reasons. And I, I just want a manager to come along. I don't know. Does he need to be... Someone needs to set him up with Carlo Ancelotti, surely. Do you know what I mean? Somebody who just... You know how Carlo does that? I'm talking as if I know him. You know how Ancelotti does yeah. that with players? It's yeah. like... You know, yeah, yeah. Just, I know what you mean. Just yeah. come here. Come here, come here. Have a toke on this. and yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get you on the field. You know what? In a, in a really, really selfish way, I... I do hope Joao Felix has 
well, I suppose continues his stuttering end to the season because mm. that might be the only way that Manchester United have a chance of of getting in because United oh, desperately needs striker and he would be he would be perfect. Is Joao Felix a striker? I think he, yeah. No, I, no. You know what? Yes, yeah. I don't, I disagree with you. I consider him a striker. I consider him a striker in a no. three man sense. Yeah. He is. He absolutely You've is. You've got to use the word forward. You've got to use God. the word forward these days. People keep saying about Chelsea and this Chelsea side and the amount of money they've spent and they haven't got a proper striker, which maybe that's why Kai Havertz is so down. He's a bit like, come on, I, I did score a winning goal in a Champions League final not that long ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I know what you mean. But well, I suppose like if you, if you look at, you know, let's move further back in that Chelsea thing. I, I'm, I'm surprised you were, you're a bit... Not unsure, but you you um you were reluctant to say outright that Chelsea were the better team. I thought Chelsea were the <laughs> pretty much the only team out there for large parts of that game. And I wasn't reluctant to say they were the best team. Uh, yeah, Chelsea. Just admit it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, I, even as a Fulham fan, I would. But I, I, no, Chelsea were the better side. There's no two ways about that. Um, but but I think they were the better side because of that three man midfield. Now it was at times it was an incredibly messy part of the pitch, but through various parts of it. I thought, you know, Enzo Fernandez, you know, Gary Neville said he gave him a reluctant man in the match there. But I thought actually, you know, he was the only person who had a consistent amount of quality throughout. It was great to see Kante back as well. You forget how long he's been out for, you know, his first start since August. Um, yeah. And yeah, there was almost, um, I, I don't think necessarily that Chelsea have missed him per se, but they've certainly missed the uh-huh. player who knows exactly what his job is, when he, job is when he goes on the field. But just generally the lack of coherence throughout was was quite staggering. There was generally a point in the last 10 minutes where they were just kicking the ball off each other. They were just kicking the ball at each other. <laughs> and then Henderson kicked the ball at Joe Gomez. <laughs> well, all right. We've tried kicking at them and it's not working. What if we <laughs> yeah. kick it at each other? Does that, is that going to unlock something? I, I, maybe they were just thinking, we'll give them the ball. That's how we're going to do it. They're just going to mess up and somehow we're going to we're going to get another one on one I don't know but Liverpool I mean do you think that, do you think Liverpool will ever be good again is this the end for, is this is this the end of Liverpool I understand how flippantly and gleefully you asked that question <laughs> as a Manchester United fan okay so I'm very much seeing that lovely big grin on your face but I have been suggesting this as have many others I'm not some sort of you know oracle is are Liverpool done under Klopp that is that is the question, and after the seven nil, number of people got in touch. Um, I haven't heard from them since. Who who were saying, <laughs> uh, oh, there, there we are, and so on. And you think, no, no, of course, you'll, they can have these moments. And that was just a mad game where Manchester United were just down tools. Um, we, 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 stunning stuff. And I'm sorry to to mention that again, Vish. But do you know what's interesting? After the Man City game, I didn't think we'd see Klopp do this. Klopp is now digging out his players in the media. He's, yes. he's naming the yeah. ones who played okay, but he is digging them out. And that is usually a... A last resort? Yeah, a last resort who, who's just trying to get a tune out of them. And, he, and he's struggling. And that is... I find that very, very interesting as well. Because, again, that season that, that we've mentioned a number of times where they finished... They, you know, Alisson scored the headed goal and they, and they qualified for Champions League. That season felt like a, uh, like a like a season off that they had to recharge the batteries in hindsight. 
but there was still a bit of quality. There was still a bit of something. They were just a little bit, a little um, below par. This season, they're way off. There's, it is not right, and and I just, I think this summer is 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 going to be huge. But also, Klopp really will have to look at this and think if he stays on next season, which again he's not going to get sacked, and nor should he get sacked. But if he was to stay on, would he be able to produce the goods? I I don't see them getting back to what they were two, three, four years ago. They would need a completely new midfield, really. And you'd feel like if you put all your chips on Bellingham, that doesn't leave you much, you know, for but a But it's more than that, though, else. isn't it? No, uh, you know what? But I, even someone like Van Van Dyke, who's who's so good and so trusty, but, you know, he, he, he's not been, been doing... There's so much. You know what? Yeah, yeah I, I, like, I really do think a complete, completely new midfield three changes it. But also, I appreciate that is... I'm basically saying, oh, you know what? 250 million will change it. Yeah. You know, that, that's <laughs> yeah. not, not exactly a particularly insightful point. But if you think about, you know, Curtis Jones started today. He, he did okay. Um, Klopp said after that, he's clearly not match fit, but he was impressed with what he was able to do until his engine ran out, essentially. Um, so why is Klopp starting him then? I mean, if, if well, because engine... he, he started. Well, because what else? What else is there to do at this point? Well, he's, he's left out Mo Salah, Andy Robertson, Trent Alexander-Arnold. You know, it was that's a statement from Klopp. Well, that was interesting, though. Sorry, I, I should, I should, I, I should say, um, you know, a lot of people dig out Trent Alexander-Arnold for his defending, and rightly so, or rather for his lack of defending. I did find it interesting, though. Joe Gomez at right back. The number of times Liverpool got caught out on that side especially yeah. in the first half. And it shows uh-huh. that whatever flaws that Trent Alexander might have and does have as a as a defending fullback, there's evidently something within the system there at Liverpool that lends itself to being more open in that particular part of the field. Chelsea should have been 3-0 up inside, what, 20, 25 minutes, maybe half an hour? Um, so, yeah. yeah, evidently there's there's issues all over the place. I do genuinely think that... You know, no one could have really predicted Fabinho's um, form falling off a cliff. Um, he looks a shadow of him former self. He looks so much smaller as well. For a guy of, of that stature yeah. who was for so long, you know, a wall, it was um, it's actually been quite stark to see. I do also think it's interesting. You mentioned about Klopp digging out his players now. He also, for the first time, certainly I've heard, mentioned last season and the fact that maybe it has taken a lot out of them. As we posited early on, you know, at the start of you know yeah. this downturn with Liverpool, that yeah. you can't go to the well that often. No, but some are saying that even last season, they were they they were going on fumes. You know, the way they, yeah. especially in that Champions League final. I understand. You know, there were moments and Courtois makes good say blah, blah 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 all that business. It's all in the past now, but you could see that the performances were dropping off at just yeah. at the wrong time. Sadly for Liverpool, perhaps I'm being, um, you know, grossly premature here and. Even more grossly under research, but if you if if you say that you know this team has to move on without Klopp, who is that manager? Given that we're having a lot of conversations well, yeah. about managers at the moment, who would you say is someone who comes in and is able to weave the rest of those elements together? Because I still think that is Klopp. The only thing that has me doubt that a little bit is this pickle he seems to have got himself in with his front line. Mm. I don't think Liverpool should replace Jurgen Klopp. My point is that if they get into next season and it's the same or only a little bit better, then what? Well, just to bring up something that you mentioned before we went on air. Um, so so do you think fundamentally they should tarmac Anfield 
and make it a car park for Everton's new stadium. <laughs> Up yours. Because you had blueprints and everything. Like, I'd like well, to... You've come prepared here, which is good <laughs> for a change. I want to go back to Chelsea, Vish, if I may. Uh, the Athletic revealed that some of the Chelsea players jokingly nicknamed Graham Potter, Harry and Hogwarts shows you some of the laughs they have uh, in the football world, of course. Now, it, but, I mean, that is indicative of the fact that they basically didn't respect him, um, let's be honest. So he was he was <laughs> always up against it there. We don't really know that because we've made lots of Harry Potter jokes and we like him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jules doesn't. She's got a lot of hate in her heart, though, really, hasn't she? I, it, you're just uh, relieved that not all of it's aimed at you. But <laughs> they also... The Athletic, they also were leading with a headline that said there were so many players at Chelsea that some of them had to change in the corridor. <laughs> That's not his fault, though, is it? It's a bit difficult giving a team talk, is it not? I mean, apparently Mudrick was one of them. He must think to himself, God, they've signed me for, what was it, 500 billion or something? You know, 88 million, something like that. He must think, God, they really wanted me here. Right, here we are, <laughs> Gaffer. Where do you want me to change? Just... No, 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 no. I think you've misunderstood the situation. It's bloody ridiculous. Apparently, they they were I just, they were going to have the um, like a renovation so they could fit everybody in or something. You know how in the new in the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium because it was designed for NFL, yeah. they have NFL sized um, changing rooms because obviously they have you know an uh, offensive team, defensive team, a special team, so they end up having like you know forty odd players in a match day squad. And I, I, don't, I don't know if you remember this, okay. but during COVID, they used them uh, so that they had dressing rooms on different size. Maybe Chelsea right. just need an NFL size, yeah. um, size changing room, yeah. Or give Spurs a call. You're not, you know, your lads are, you're not doing that well. Can we run out your changing room for a bit? The big one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no doubt that they would collaborate on that. Apparently, Luis Enrique has emerged as the front runner, front runner for the Chelsea job alongside Julian Nagelsmann, which is interesting because Julian Nagelsmann is a very young man. Apparently that is of concern to the Chelsea hierarchy because I suppose if they think that their players didn't really respect Potter because they didn't really know him, maybe they would think Nagelsmann, a younger guy, that may not work out so well. It was, AVB struggled when he went there. Very different time, of course. But Luis Enrique, we all know him. He won a treble at Barcelona and he's older than them. <laughs> Is that where we are with managerial appointments now? Will they pick on him? Yes. Oh, well, then no then. No. What if they laugh at, what they laugh at his little jacket? What if they, what if they laugh at his little yeah. jacket and his shoes? Nagelsmann's there. there like, I'm not going to be wearing the shoes. I'll wear different shoes if you want. Nah, they'll see right through you, you little nerd. Get out. I'm sick to my teeth that you've come in here for this interview. Get me an adult. How many, how many appointments are we away at Chelsea to Big Dunk getting the job? Because if they don't respect Potter and they slag him off and then you get and then you get Nagelsmann and they bully him, Dodd Bowley's going to go, well, who can we... We've got to get somebody... Right, let's get the man... Who's, who's over there eating chips and other <laughs> vegan products and we'll and he'll sort these boys out. I, I, I'd love to see it. But would it stop there? No, like, they'll have to get in Dwayne the, Rock Johnson, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and then someone will have an issue with Moana and they'll have to sack him. Oh, they call him Moana behind his back. Yeah. You didn't know that. Get him out. They don't uh, respect you. He can't even fit into the changing room. <laughs> you stay in the corridor, Moana. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger changing room. Um, apparently, uh, they're not considering 
um, De Zerbi, which, I mean, if they got Brighton's cut right, we thought Brighton had it, you know, it, it would just, it would be, it would make a mockery of everything. So that's fine. Oh, Pochettino has been leaked. How much would that devastate Spurs fans if he went to Chelsea? Doesn't this speak of the fact that Todd Bowley, and I, I was going to say doesn't know what he wants, but he clearly does. He wants a status manager, doesn't he? He wants. He wants. He wants a name, because he's bought names so well, far. Well, no, you say that because, but Pot, but Potter wasn't a name, really. No, he wasn't. But he wants that now. But they were. They were. They backed Potter. They gave him a lot of money. They gave him quite a bit of time, to be fair. And, and I don't think they gave him the money. I think the money was spent above well, his head. I don't know that he was handing it over. Well, either way, they invested heavily in that squad while Potter was there. You can't deny that. Oh, yeah, but but I think the way they invested it makes them two independent things, in my point of view. Who would you? Who, who's your prediction? Do you think it'll be um, the old guy or the young guy who gets the job, or the Spurs guy? I mean, Luis Enrique sounds about right, doesn't it? I think that would be a good move for Chelsea. Don't know about Luis Enrique. <laughs> yeah, but they, they, you know, they want they want someone to excite them, don't they? And Luis Enrique is the only name out of the three we've mentioned that I mean that excites me anyway. And and also he's he's a little bit of he's quite eccentric in Spain like the way he goes about his business that time when he picked the Spain squad while he was going on his bicycle on that journey or something you remember I think we could I think we we don't know the real Luis Enrique and it's about time we did so Chelsea get it done for our sake for the good of the ramble. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash ramble. In football, you've worked with and alongside some of the biggest names in the game, some of the biggest coaches you've come up against as well. Who's been your biggest influence in your coaching career? I think myself. Leicester City were beaten 2-1 at home by Aston Villa. Brendan Rodgers spoke out yesterday, yesterday to say that he would have kept Leicester City up. Well... I think that's quite fanciful because the reason why they sacked him is they, they were very concerned that he wouldn't keep <laughs> them up. They've lost five of their last six. They are two points from safety. And despite being, you know, you, you have to go all the way to ninth place Brentford to see a team who scored more goals than them in the league. They are in real trouble now because the, there is there is no momentum with Leicester. Absolutely none. And it's such an intriguing situation. You saw the way Harvey Barnes took his goal. Beautiful. Mm. They have that quality in there. We know Leicester have got some good players. You look at that squad and you think, come on. But the fact of the matter is, Vish, they are down there. The um, If you look, if you watch the opening Aston Villa goal by um, Ollie Watkins, it's three passes straight down the middle of the pitch. Like It's as rudimentary yeah. as it gets. And you just... To concede a goal like that speaks of so, so many, so many issues. Mm-hmm. So many issues that, you know, the, these are problems that have now just become, you know, part of the DNA of this particular team, which is a strange thing to say about Leicester, given where they've been over the last few years. And, you know, uh, Luke articulated that well on um, sure. on the Ramble on Monday. But... Yeah, it looks really bad. The only thing, though, I'll, and I'll keep coming back to it, it's not. It's basically the too good to go down, but they've already done the too good bit, um, if you know what I mean, with regards yeah, to their yeah. goal difference. Their yeah. goal difference is so healthy compared to those around them, you know, um, that mm-hmm. because it is only two points. Forest losing today, big deal for them. But then even then, you know, if Leeds don't win, Leeds are in, this, you know, in a worse position than Forest are in now. It was. I mean, the fact they've, that they've got Bournemouth next is, I mean, mm. <laughs> sink them it's down huge. and get above them as quickly as you can, really. <clears throat> and bear in mind that if you look at the teams yeah. playing above them, so Forest um, play Villa, who are an incredible run of form. Everton have got mm. Manchester United. West Ham have got Newcastle. Wolves have got, yeah, they've got Chelsea. Leeds have got Palace. So suddenly, actually, with if, if they turn over Bournemouth, suddenly everything shifts yeah. a bit again. But just the way they ended up losing that as well. I mean, that yeah. that Traore goal, I, I don't think I've seen a worse goal this season. In terms of the defending for the goal. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it, well it, yeah. I, I realise how stupid that is to say, given that the end result was a, you know, a curler from 25 <laughs> yards. But in terms of how the ball got to Traore <laughs> on, that, on that right-hand side, it's like, lads, come on. I know it was. You, you, you've got to do better. And 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 the thing is, a point at home to Aston Villa is not a terrible result, considering no Premier League team has won more points away from home since Unai Emery took charge of Aston Villa. So actually, the, 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 that 
maybe that should be in the back of whoever the manager's mind is. So when they're trying to pass it out with a couple of minutes to go, it's actually, actually maybe just put your foot through that. Maybe that isn't such a, a, a shocking thing to do. Um, I mean, you look at in that, <coughs> excuse me, you look in the Leicester side, how, how many teams down there would love James Madison in their side? Or Harvey Barnes, you know, but but they don't seem to have a plan. Like Palace had a plan with getting uh, well Roy the boy back in. Um, you you know Leeds United got in Gracia pretty quickly. Leicester immediately offered the job to Graham Potter, who said no. Aston Villa, though, on the other side of the coin, are having a bloody lovely old time. I mean, how about this from Opta Joe? Since the weekend of Unai Emery's first game in charge which was uh, the weekend of um, the 5th and 6th of November, only Arsenal and Manchester City have earned more, more points in the Premier League than Aston Villa. City, 35. Villa, 32 points. It is stunning stuff from, from Emery. They're up into 7th. They're 6 points off Manchester United. Now, Manchester United have a couple of games in hand and so on, but the reason why I say that is it's because it's that Europa League spot. It's, what is with Emery? He's like, how do I get the Europe? Give me that bloody give me that competition. How do we go? Right, fine. You know, they're just like... Some, some like Leave it alone. Leave it alone, Unai. <laughs> have just, you not had enough? <laughs> he can't get enough of it. He, he, yeah. Like him and Sevilla. I mean, obviously, I know he was there, but like the the, the that club and him, just God, give me give me that bloody trophy. <laughs> but it's it's sensational stuff from 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 Aston Villa. They're well on course for a top half finish. In fact, it would it seems ridiculous to say top half for a sixth place finish, maybe even seventh. Stunning stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, they're pretty much guaranteed of top half now, so I don't think that's anything that yeah. they need to. To worry about, yeah, but it's been remarkable. So, so Emery's won ten games out of sixteen since he's joined, and bear in mind there was a period yeah. in there where they lost three on the bounce. Um, you know, one of those to Arsenal, one of those to City, and I think they might have also lost to Leicester as well. Um, uh-huh. But it's because the the great thing about what he's done is, and the issue that I think Villa fans were worried about at the end of Gerrard's tenure was that they. Within their squad, there's very clearly like the quality players that can take you into being a comfortable, you know, a comfortable side in the top half of the table. And Emery's got all those players singing. And I'm thinking of Buendia, Douglas Louise, um, Leon Bailey. Like they're all performing actually quite diligent roles for players you'd normally associate with Mm. the ones to add a bit of flourish on something. And maybe, you know, maybe we're having a conversation a few months ago. Under Gerard, it was like, oh, you know, maybe he doesn't have enough hard workers, this, that, and the other. But Emery knows Emery knows how to get a tune out of those kind of players. They're more organised, sure, yeah. but not in a dull way. The managerial merry-go-round, Vish, could uh, be having another swing, uh, if that makes sense. There is talk that um, Steve Cooper is now on the brink. Leeds, of course, beat Nottingham Forest 2-1. Huge win for Leeds. But Forest, we, we were talking... I don't know how long ago it was now, perhaps a number of weeks, maybe even months ago, that they had started to sort of get a few results together and whatnot. And that that little flicker has seems to seems to have been blown out now. They are only out of the um, the relegation zone on goal difference. Uh, Bournemouth, of course, on, on the same points. And again, <laughs> excuse me, that you ju- you just wait for one club to blink. Who's going to blink first? 
Palace change their manager. Leicester suddenly do it. You know, it's it's suddenly. I know Southampton did before. You know, suddenly it's it's going. We know that this has been um, a, a ridiculous amount of of sackings and whatnot in the Premier League. But Forest, they've not won in eight since they beat Leeds one nil at the start of February. Mm. And you look at that and you think, and apparently, and this would be something. Patrick Vieira has emerged as the leading candidate to replace him. Now, again, at the time of recording, Cooper is still in the job. But, I mean, will they, you know, we, we, we joked yesterday, Luke and I, that um, Leicester just waited for Brendan Rodgers' car to leave the car park for them to get on the phone to Potter. Will will, will they even wait that long if they were to sack Cooper and, and try and get Vieira? I don't know. It's strange, isn't it? Because you wonder how much of it is based, as you, as you said at the start of that question, um, how much of it is based on what other people are doing around them. You know, journalists who were at the game said that uh, Cooper went to go down the tunnel and stopped, stopped and turned back around, and almost like gave you know one last clap to the away fans, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty yeah. ominous. And you know, seeing the reaction of my mates who are Forest fans, they they're devastated. You know, this is the end of the best manager they've had since since Clough in their in their eyes. Cool, that's a big um, Frank Clark would disagree with that. Well, well, bring it up with them, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's so sad's not the right word because you know I don't really have affection towards them over over anyone else in particular. Um, in in terms of teams that are down there, but when Cooper signed that new deal and then you know had this run at the start the start of the year, you're like, how refreshing is that? Like. What an incredible yeah. thing if he does keep them up from that position. Mm. And yeah. as you said, you know, those, that, you know, what was it, six defeats in their last eight? Something like that? Maybe maybe only five? But, um, yeah, it's gone mm-hmm. so, so bad. And But then does someone else come in and, right, uh, right you're, you're all <sighs> yeah, new. All 30 of you are new. Brilliant. So <laughs> where does everyone play? <laughs> Is there space in the corridor? Maybe. Maybe that's the issue. I, I don't know, but... We, it, it, the relegation running is is utterly intriguing this season, and uh, and we can't take our eyes off it. And I'm and I am delighted that Fulham are not a part of it yet. <laughs> um, but no, I don't. I, I, the twelve points above the relegation zone, it would be remarkable if Fulham were to bugger it up. But it it seems very very unlikely. The reason why I'm going on about Fulham, of course, is if they were in a relegation scrap, they wouldn't have their main man Alexander Mitrovic for most of it because he's received an eight match ban for pushing the referee Chris Kavanagh during uh, Fulham's FA Cup defeat to Manchester. I mean, it wasn't really a push; it was more of a it was more of a, a grab, I would say. But he was given a, th- a three uh, uh, games for the straight red. Um, I think three for the uh, for the hand on the referee, and then two for shouting abusive stuff in the referee's face after he bandaged uh, the red card. So he will be available for Fulham's last three matches of the season, as he began the ban last weekend, missing the Bournemouth match. What do you make of that, Vish? I mean, I I would I don't want to sound too partisan and too bitter, but if it was a Manchester United or uh, you know a player who played for a bigger club, there's no way he would have got eight games for that. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, I, I think it's probably about right. It sounds well, like do. the FA. It, <laughs> it does sound like the FA are trying to push for more, actually. So yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how that process. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, what, what, what more do you want? I mean, clearly, people going, oh, it's a, the 10 games, it's a, won't someone think of the children? As I said at the time, 
bloody other voice of reason in, in in among all these all these voices in the media was bloody Jamie O'Hara. That should make everybody feel ashamed of themselves. But I do, but I do, I, I do. In terms of sorry, in terms of those voices, I totally get that when you consider all the abuse that grassroots referees oh, get. It won't and make a bleeding bit of difference. No, it, but, it but I think it's, it's a good time. way. It's a good way of making it. It's a good way of making an example on it because I think actually it's the it's the quickest thing to filter through because if you're a referee, if if Mitro's getting banned like that, and you're a referee on the car, you know, on the next Saturday, then you can be like, you know, you, you can you can be a bit firmer on that kind of stuff. I, I, I think there is, I think there is cut through with that kind of stuff about a decision that was absolutely right. I mean, that that let's go back to that as well because that's it was it was ridiculous for Mitro to do to do that in the first place. I, I look, I, I would sum it up by saying I feared he would get ten. I'm glad he didn't. I thought six would have probably been about fair. Eight, yeah. Ultimately, Mitrovic has himself to blame. Let me say that for the record, by the way, in case everyone thinks I'm going mad here. I, I, I felt maybe a couple more, but I mean, you know, you, you, you start behaving like that, and especially when the manager's just been sent off as well, you know, it, it does inflame everything. So, yeah, bollocks to everybody. Um, <laughs> in, interestingly, uh, the referee Jim mentioned on Monday uh, in Mexico who need a player in the bollocks has received a 12-match suspension. Um, so he's, you know, you can't be doing that. I think that's uh, that's an appropriate uh, amount of matches. I think we can, we can all agree. Just before we go, by the way, it's time for another bonus edition of Betfair's Popular Bet Builder. Select from the most popular pre-made football bet builders using Betfair's handy app, and you can add them to your bet slip in just one tap. Now, we normally build our own Ramble Popular Bet Builder for a particular game on the preview show every Friday. But today, because there are more Premier League games tonight, we thought it would be a great chance to try and win some money for charity. So Vish and I are going to have a crack at Manchester United versus Brentford, which is tonight. Vish, which, what two bets have you, uh, have you gone for? So I've gone for over four and a half cards because I think Manchester United will make a concerted effort to get closer to Brentford's players than they did against Newcastle which will get them within kicking distance um, I think also because there'll be a reaction or there'll need to be a reaction they'll need to go out there and impose themselves and for that reason I'm also predicting a Manchester United win okay so they're going to avenge that uh, pumping they got at Brentford earlier on in the season also that as well yeah, okay. Well, I'm going for over 2.5 goals and Ivan Tony to score or assist. The man knows how to do both. So I think he'll be on the score sheet, but we, we, we do think Manchester United will win. But there should be a few goals in it, so over 2.5 goals. So to sum up that, uh, over 4.5 cards, Manchester United to win, over 2.5 goals and Ivan Tony to score or assist at any time. A £5 bet with Betfair on that popular bet builder returns £100 and 12 pence. And if we win, all that money will go to Prostate Cancer UK. We will be back with another round of Betfair's popular bet builder on the preview show this week. Exclusive to Betfair's sportsbook, T's and C's apply. You've got to be over 18 to get involved. And for more information on responsible gambling, head to begambleaware.org. Right, that is the end of this week's final edition of Ramble Reacts. Um, we received this from Connor with regards to, uh, to Ramble Reacts, and he said... Quite simply, I don't think you boys should bother. Well, Connor, we have bothered, and I hope you've had a lovely time listening to us 
<laughs> trying to squeeze some tasty juice and morsels out of what happened yesterday in the Premier League. But thank you very much for listening to today's Ramble React. On the continent will be in your ears tomorrow and there might just be some chat about Jose Mourinho and some very interesting comments at Roma about his future. You can find us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram and YouTube at Football Ramble and remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Lovely old job. Thank you very much, Vitushina Hantaraja. I actually agree with Connor, but yeah, yeah, cheers. And thank you, Chelsea and Liverpool. We'll see you soon, everybody. Laura Love. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.